doms and subs, masters, mistresses and slaves, owners and pets, daddies, mommies and littles, primals and prey, switches, heathens, kinksters and deviants, welcome to Legion After Dark. And welcome to Legion After Dark, the movie review podcast with a BDSM and kink theme. I'm your host, Lady M, but don't let the name fool you. I'm actually a switch. No, wait, come back. Come back. It's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Anyway, I couldn't think of a better movie to welcome you to our show than 1997's Preaching to the Perverted. Here's the trailer. <sighs> This private criminal prosecution is the first step in reversing the moral slide of the nation. Excuse me, I've got an appointment with Mr. Henry Harding, Member of Parliament. Horn, wife swapping, it all links with these clocks. Why don't you get someone to go undercover? You may have heard about my campaign. I need a helper who's committed. I simply can't, it's a Christian. This is a Christian cause, man. It's for the good of the public. They tell me the police may raid tonight. Well, let them come. Look how they're in a circle. Inside it, get a conviction. It's pretty tame, don't you think? You coming or not, slave? You haven't done this before, have you? Find out where that horse is performing next and nail her. We're going to a private play party tonight. Somewhere very special. Uh, hello, is there anyone in? Oh! See you in the chapel. You're going to massage me. But first, I'm going to bind you. You need solid evidence to make a jury convict. He's a computer technician, mistress. At the House of Commons. I came to warn you, basically. You're next. Tanya Bump crucifies people on a bloody stage. Prove yourself or leave us for good. Flagellation, piercing, ritual cutting. Known as scarification. Correct, Milad. Of all the men I've ever met, you're the only one I was ever attracted to as a friend, who I thought I could trust. Tanya, they'll get you. It's a God-given mission. Don't ever come near me in your miserable life again. Devilish things, women. Why don't we both just go away for a while? If it points at me, I'll go on that holiday. If it points at you, you get to play my darkest fantasy. You have sworn upon the Holy Bible. One day, I'm going to give you such a... Thank you. Free the erotic spirit. <laughs> Preaching to the perverted. Oh, man, this is a classic. And honestly, I missed it the first time around. When it came out in 97, it flew under my radar. But a few years later, I was able to actually sit down and watch it. And I love everything about this movie. It tells the story of Peter, a young Christian virgin computer whiz who works for a company called Holy Hardware. Yeah, 
They really named it that, which I find hilarious because if I were looking for blasphemous sex toys, that's probably what I would Google, you know? Um, And he's taken in by this moralistic, crusading politician who is disgusted by the underground BDSM scene, and he wants Peter to go undercover to the House of Thwax, an event run by Domina Mistress goddess Tanya Cheeks who I fucking love (laughs) and he's supposed to find evidence of actual bodily harm so that he can arrest everyone and ruin everyone's fun because god you know um so Peter agrees you know he's 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 scared and he's has every reason to be because I mean could you imagine being a Christian virgin and going into an amazing kink event like House of Thwax ah it would have changed my life and it did indeed change his um he eventually falls for Tanya but that's neither here nor there this story is mainly for me about Tanya Cheeks she is unwilling to compromise her lifestyle for any reason. She has a folder full of childhood photos and pictures of her family. She's got movies and stuff of her growing up as a little kid. Uh, She loves dogs and puppies and things like that, which shows a sort of sensitive, wonderfully sensitive and touching part of Miss Cheeks. Now, personally, when I saw her initially looking through the photo album, I thought, oh God, here we go. They're going to do some bullshit where she was abused as a child and, you know, all the things that the mainstream media likes to tie BDSM to. You know, she must be mentally ill. She must have been abused, blah, 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 blah. Not the case for Miss Cheeks at all, which I really love. She just, throughout the movie, you see these little sentimental sides of her. She wants a family. She wants a puppy. She wants that kind of thing. But she is absolutely unwilling to compromise her lifestyle, regardless of, yeah, you know, maybe I want a kid one day. Yeah, maybe I want to get a dog and have a family one day. Yeah, maybe they might throw me in prison. She will not compromise. She has her terms, and she will not live her life any other way, which I oh, I, I admire so much. And seeing it portrayed in this way is fantastic. Um, she is strong. She's intelligent. The opening scene of the movie, we have her masturbating with a chain connected to a slave's nose ring and afterwards she ties him up and it shows her reading a book on neurology you know she's working on a dissertation she's highly intelligent driven and she knows what she wants like any good miss like any good domina does um and i absolutely adore her for it now peter goes in with his hidden cameras and his sunglasses and uh, I mean he clearly stands out but I mean it kind of in on one hand you're thinking okay there's no way that somebody 
this naive and this like unwilling to play would make it into any sort of inner circle. Um, he refuses to inflict pain. He refuses to receive pain. And he wears these big, goofy sunglasses with a camera in them. You know, when he goes to the event, uh, Domina walks up to them and asks him if he's a dom or a sub. And he's got no fucking idea what she's talking about. But somehow, she allows him into the inner circle. And he gets, you know, he gets some evidence, you know, but it's never good enough. Now, meanwhile, we've got our right-wing politician and his secretary. His secretary is an older woman. He's an older man. Apparently, she used to be his secretary when he was the headmaster of a boys' school. Before, I'm guessing this is before he went into politics. And you see a lot of interesting things when they show this side of it. You see him being forced to buy extra large, extra, you know, absorbent tampons almost daily for this secretary who is clearly past menopause. Um, You see her flash Peter under the table at a dinner that they're having to celebrate her birthday. And general sort of demeaning and degrading behavior from these moralistic Christians. And it's kind of like the film is just showing that really when it comes down to it, everybody's kinky. Everybody's kinky in some sort of way. It doesn't matter what, uh, what your morals are or what you'd like to pretend them to be. Realistically, I highly doubt there's anybody having straight vanilla missionary position sex every night with the lights off, you know? (laughs) I mean, if so, that's a sad state of affairs, you know? So, I like that it's showing that. These people are trying to hold themselves up as some sort of moral authority, but in reality, they're just as fucked up as the rest of us, you know? Also, you might notice that there is a bright pink object in every scene. This is done intentionally by the director. And it's a nice touch. It kind of shows that, you know, that the kink is everywhere. Um, Now, this movie was originally developed by the BBC, but they dropped the script, you know, because they thought it's not going to be suitable for broadcast on a the BBC. Uh, It was banned in Ireland by a film censor named Seamus Smith. Shame on you, Seamus. Shame on you. You should be ashamed. Um, I'm not sure why it, uh, it was banned, but I can tell you this. Statistically, Rape scenes and blowjobs are shown in movies more often than cunnilingus, and this movie is all about the female orgasm. We don't we don't see Peter get off once, but we see Miss Cheeks get off many times, which is fantastic. Um, also, she has a no penetration ever rule, which you know I've met a lot of uh, doms that have that rule, and I've met some that don't. But the fact that she is focused on her life and on her domination you know it it's it's fantastic now in the course of 
getting into the inner circle. They do discover uh, when he goes to a play party that he uh, does work at the House of Commons. So anyway, he does eventually uh, try to get some stuff on tape. And, he, and they take it to the lawyer. And he says, oh, can we prosecute them now? No. No, you need names. You need names. You need addresses. And as all of you know, that's so easy to get in a freaking underground BDSM event. You sure you just go up to random slaves and say, hey, what's your name and address? Let me write that down right quick. You're speaking to my sunglasses. Uh, so obviously, it takes a while. He manages to get the name of a couple of people that are hosting a private play event at their really nice house. Uh, it's more like a stately mansion, really. And I want to talk about this scene a little bit, to be honest, because this private party, uh, it shows Miss Cheeks standing with Peter, and he says, oh, shouldn't we get ready? She says, no, Jeannie's running the show. Now, Jeannie is her alpha slave. She's a lesbian, which is why the film was banned in the Philippines as well, and gorgeous, gorgeous. But we have a scene where she... Jeannie has her own slave and she's going to carve some sort of symbol into her arm. Now, Miss Cheeks grabs her by the arm and says to the slave, you know, do you want this carved into your arm? And the slave says no. And so Miss Cheeks has a talk with Jeannie about consent and punishes her as, I mean, rightfully so. But it's so nice to see that in a movie. I know a lot of movies with a BDSM theme, it's pretty light on consent. I mean, even The Secretary, which is kind of like the the holy grail of kinky relationship movies, is light on consent. Whereas this movie, you see her take charge of the situation, pull this woman aside and say, no, 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 she didn't consent to this. You're not doing it. You know, there are rules that must be followed when you play this way. If you don't follow those rules, then, you know, you can risk serious injury. You can risk lawsuits. All of you know about safe, sane, and consensual. I don't need to go into that with you. But it was nice to see it laid out in this way. And she's punished for it. And then after she's taken off of the spanking bench, she kisses the whip. All is well. You know, it's like you got told. Now, don't fuck up again. So they know Peter works for the House of Commons, and they make him prove himself by dressing up as a pony, which is gorgeous, and pull Jeannie in a cart, which subsequently uh, leads to them running over a woman's dog. Now, this is one of those sort of posh ladies walking with her dog that you see a million times in the UK every single day. Uh, dog's not on the lead, goes to chase the cart, gets smushed, you know. Uh, keep your dog on a lead, lady, you know. It's not hard. Dogs go on leashes. Any puppy will tell you that. So, uh, they she calls the police and they get Scotland Yard involved because obviously they're trying to crack down on kinky people just existing and enjoying each other consensually so the scotland yard gets involved and they round everyone up now we have a court case coming she finds out 
that it's Peter that's narking her out and testifying against her. And, you know, she tells him, you're the first man that I have trusted as a, or trusted and loved as a friend. Again, I love that because it's too easy for all of us to just, we have our play partners and we enjoy playing with them, but we don't generally make the connection as often as we should sometimes because it's easy to go to a play party and just get wrapped in the fun, wrapped up in the fun of it you know i i know i've had instances where you know like the following weekend you see someone and you're like crap what was their name and it's like the weekend before that you know you had them tied down and playing with a violet wand but then following weekend you're like shit did we even introduce ourselves <laughs> I know, I know your name. But anyway, um, I really enjoyed that because it's it's such an emotional way to say, you fucked me. You fucked me over, you know. Um, and this is made more heartbreaking by the fact that at one point early in the film, he asks her what her darkest fantasy is. And they make a little wager on it. She loses, and her darkest fantasy, tying back into the family photo albums and things, uh, has to do with, uh, you see them burst into the room, and she's in a white wedding dress, and they're all drunk, and just having a silly, like, time. Uh, but we'll get back to that later. Now, speaking of that, though, uh, that desire that we mentioned earlier in the show... Uh, uh, for a family and a puppy and things like that. Now, Jeannie, the, the, the alpha slave, she goes snooping around, obviously, because she doesn't fucking trust him. She just straight up doesn't trust him. She doesn't know what his deal is or why her mistress is bothering to keep him around. But she's going to find out. And at one point, she worries for... Miss Cheeks and is going through her family photo album when the mistress catches her. And she says, you know, whatever happened in your childhood, I feel I should know about. Now, this is an interesting one, and I would love to hear from any listeners and hear their opinions on this. Do you feel that if your master or mistress has had a traumatic past in some way that it is the slave or submissive's right to know about it? I think yes. As a matter of fact, I think yes in the getting to know you stage before you even play together because everyone's got a past. And if you have some sort of trauma there or if you have some sort of uh, hang-ups there, that's something that whoever you're playing with needs to know before you play together because you don't know what triggers you can set off. And it's the same for slaves and subs as well. If, if you have any sort of trauma, regardless of what role you're in, that needs to be discussed before you play, I think. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm not trying to, you know, shit in anyone's Cheerios here. But I know for me, certain triggers can happen at certain times. You know, um, let's take, for example, breath play. I love breath play, except in certain circumstances. Like, I don't like being crushed 
you know, it's like squished to where my chest is being compressed. I will yellow or red on that depending on the situation because it makes me feel suffocated in a non-fun way. It makes me feel like I don't really have the control anymore to revoke consent because I'm being squished. And it just makes me feel claustrophobic and horrible. But you can choke me all day. You know, it's, and I think a lot of people have things like that. And so it's important that, you know, you discuss this stuff. So being the awesome mistress that she is, Miss Cheeks takes her slave and takes her photo album and takes her family videos. And we cut to a scene of her in the bath being bathed by Jeannie while they're watching these whole home videos. And she says what we're all thinking. It shows a shot of the dad, and Jeannie's like, oh, he looks like an abuser. And Miss Cheeks says no. No, they were lovely. They were wonderful parents. She had a great time growing up. She had a good childhood. Nothing bad happened to her. She's a dominant because she's a fucking dominant. End of. That's just who she is. And that is refreshing can I just say that how refreshing that is no trauma no bullshit she is a domina end of story it's part of her no self-harm no traumatic past you know and that type of thing gets pretty old when you're dealing with BDSM and kink movies um it's it's like it's like the mainstream media wants to make an excuse for our behavior, you know, when in reality, it's just part of us. It's We're wired that way. I don't know about uh, you listeners out there, but I have tried in the past to maintain a vanilla relationship, and it doesn't work because I am not vanilla. I can't make myself be vanilla. I couldn't make myself be straight either. You know, I can't make myself be gay on the other spectrum of things. Um, you are who you are, and you don't need an excuse for it. You know, now there are plenty of people within the community that do have trauma, myself included. Uh, my trauma came after the kink, though, um, that have been abused, that have been drug addicts, that have been, you know, whatever. But... I'm sorry, show me a section of society that doesn't have those people with those experiences. Go into any office building and survey everyone in fucking tech support or whatever. You will find that the percentage is the same. You know, it's not different. People go through trauma. People go through abuse. Some of those people are kinky and some of those people are not. But either way, I digress. Sorry about that. Um, I think it's something that play partners should discuss with each other just so that they don't have to worry about avoiding triggers on either end. Dominance can have triggers too. Dominance can safe word. Dominance can decide, you know, this is all too fucking much for me right now. I need to take a break. And it's fine. It's okay. And it's actually better because once you know this stuff about each other, then you can play together safely and actually have fun and not worry or stress out about doing something wrong or, 
you know, fucking up in some way or setting your sub off, you know. And I think that that's one of the reasons why uh, talking about every scene that you do, at least a little bit during aftercare, is always a good idea because you can feel each other out, find what works, find what doesn't, and go from there. Now, Miss Cheeks brilliantly handled this situation, I think. You know, her slave had concerns. She was worried. And Miss Cheeks, without giving up power or without giving up her position as the owner, took her aside, stayed in those roles, and handled the situation beautifully. I think that both of them were were wonderful in this scene and it was actually quite heartwarming to watch because you know they they laugh and giggle and you know Miss Cheeks says oh you know I used to I used to go shopping all the time and uh, wear pretty dresses and things like that and Jeannie's just like ew you know (laughs) and they get a little bit of a laugh at it so you're seeing this affectionate side of their relationship which exists in any good owner-slave relationship, I think. Um, There's actually another scene that shows this playful nature where uh, it shows Miss Cheeks giving Jeannie a present. And she's, oh, Miss, you remembered my birthday. And she opens it up, and it's a pink, again, something pink in every scene. It's a pink water gun. And she's like, oh, is it for enemas? And Miss Cheeks like, no. And another slave brings her a pink you know, super soaker water gun on a silver tray. And they they play. They start shooting each other with water guns around this dungeon where there are other, there are people playing. There are slaves tied up and suspended and all sorts. And they're just giggling away, having fun with, uh, with the water guns. And I, again, I think a lot of movies don't show this side of the dynamic. It is playful. It's fun. It's called play for a reason, you know, we enjoy it. We enjoy each other. So uh, seeing that was, was really heartwarming and sweet. I think it's kind of one of my main chick flicks for that reason. Because it's just like, oh, she's so nice to her slave. you know. <laughs> now, we do get the court battle, um, which is fantastic. Because she is ahead of this moralist every step of the way. You know, anything he tries to, uh, he's, he's standing in front of the courthouse with his, uh, uh, the, with all the press and the media around him. And, uh, she walks up to him and, Mr. Harding, you and your body police say that no one should endure pain in a sexual context. Is that right? I don't want to slang him much with you on the paper. You do it every day in Parliament. And then he replies, oh, I'm not going to do this with you in public. So we do eventually get to court. Um, we get a lovely scene of her really putting this politician in his place out in front of the courthouse steps, in front of the media. And we go in, and she's she's pissed off. She's dressed to the nines. I mean, she looks stunning. All of her crew is there, completely decked out for court. And, uh, you know, the judge is, they're, they're ready to throw the book at him. They're ready. They're they're going on about, oh, and they you will see they do a sandpapering of genitals and and piercings and blah blah blah. And it's 
you know, you, you just kind of roll your eyes listening to the list off the docket because, you know, where's your sense of fun? <laughs> anyway, um, he has a bit of a moral crisis. You know, as I said earlier, she this guy is the only man that she has trusted and loved as a friend. And he's fucked her over, you know? She, uh... And, and was enjoying it. You know, while he was experiencing these things, he protested and bitched and moaned and whined the entire time. But he, he enjoyed himself. He, I mean, don't bullshit me. He was liking it. <laughs> and, he, and he's fucked her over. And he's supposed to testify in court saying that everything on these videos is absolutely true so that they can throw all of these people in jail. Well, he says, you know when he's talking to her oh the things that you do they're sick you know you shouldn't be allowed to do them and stuff and it's just like says fucking who says who i mean what is the problem so she spits in his face rightfully so which i loved <laughs> and, uh, and right winger asshole moralist comes and puts his arm around his shoulder and he's like it's okay you know you're doing a good thing but peter's conflicted he's he cares for this woman and he doesn't really think, I mean, he may not agree with it, but he doesn't think that they should go to jail for it, you know, which I also kind of liked because honestly, there are plenty of vanilla people and plenty of Christian people out there uh, in the world at large that feel that way, that feel, you know, it's not my thing, but as long as everyone's a consenting adult, then I don't see the problem. And that's how everyone should look at it because it's really... Let's not get the law involved in the bedroom, okay? I mean, unless you're doing some illegal shit, actual illegal shit, harming a non-consenting entity with your behavior, then it shouldn't be a problem. And so he gets really, really, really drunk. And he's stumbling around in this sort of House of Commons area and the offices and things like that. And he sees... The secretary getting drunk and being all la-di-da watching the videos. And, you know, he has one of those revelations. It's like he finally put two and two together. Like, well, hold on a minute. You want to put these people in jail, but you two are just as fucked up. So, you know, the hypocrisy of it all kind of hits him. And the following day... He, uh, he goes on the stand. He gets up on the stand in court, and he's prepared to testify, and he gets up there and says, every single thing in those videos is bullshit. It's all fake. The whip, uh, the whipping, any of the whipping scenes, the whips are pulled. The, uh, the props aren't real, that kind of thing. And there is an uproar. They are freaking out because they think this guy is going to be the star witness. He's going to be the one that takes these evil deviants down. And he's just like, nah, not playing it. And so they say, you know, if you, if you don't testify, you know, to what the reality of the situation is, then you'll be going to jail because that's, that's contempt. You're lying in court. That's contempt of court. And he's like, fuck yeah. I mean, he didn't say that. I'm, I'm ad-libbing a bit here, sorry. <laughs> but he's like, nah, fuck that. And he goes to jail. And he goes to jail for them. And obviously they, they get off and everything like that. And he sits in jail and these 
media outlets and uh, people that work for the MP. You know, they're visiting him in jail. They're pressuring him, saying, you know, just admit the video's real. We can get you out today. And he's like, you know, I'd rather be in here. You guys are a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Not really fancy deal- working with you or anything you touch or anything you're near. And uh, he's just like, nah, not cool. So we also have a scene of the evil moralist, boo, the moralist politician that is uh, trying to take down our intrepid heroine. And in his basement, remember I said he uh, he used to be the headmaster at a boys' school? His secretary shows up, throwing herself at him and everything like that. And in his basement, he has, like, it's almost like an altar. There's, like, a school desk there and then, like, this sort of stand where he's got his cane set. So whether he admitted it or not, he gets off on it. And he's raided. His home is raided. He's down there with her, uh, with the, the, uh, the cane. And the cops bust in, and they bust him for moral indecency and and shit like that, which is glorious. (laughs) Because, and again, reinforcing that message that everyone is kinky, whether they admit it or not, there's a part of everyone that has some sort of kink that they enjoy. I don't care what it is. Uh, It can be something as simple as a little bit of hair pulling, but everyone's got something you know (laughs) so he's busted and we see Peter finally getting out of jail and of course Miss Tanya and Jeannie come to pick him up and we see her get out of the car and shut the door and she is sporting a lovely pregnant belly and so Peter's like oh wow you know introduces her to her to his mom which is great. His mom is hilarious, by the way, because she's just so supportive of everything this kid does. He, I mean, she, oh, that's going to be my grandchild. You know, just so supportive and nice. And, oh, it's a bit weird, but, you know, oh, well, you know, I, I kind of love her. <laughs> it's, it's, it's adorable. It's adorable. And we close with a scene of Peter in a regular jumper some PVC trousers and he's holding the baby in the dungeon looking around and lullabies are playing you know the slaves uh, Jeannie has turned into sort of she still is she's still a, a slave and also acts as a wet nurse as well and walks the puppy and walks the baby around and stuff like that and He's he's carrying this baby around through this dungeon with this lullaby playing. And that's that's how the movie ends. And it's so heartwarming. And the message there is one that I love because she wanted these things. She wanted a kid and she wanted a family, but she was unwilling to give up her lifestyle to have those things. And she made it happen. She found a way to have these things without compromising who she is. And I think that's such an important message because a lot of people do that. A lot of people within this scene, you know, and I'm guilty of it as well. I've got three children and I do not get out to events like I would like to. You know, I don't um, socialize the way I would like to because 
you you do you feel like you kind of have to but not her not her she she was all about I'm gonna have everything I want and I'm not compromising a thing I'm not giving an inch this is the life I want to lead and this is exactly how I'm going to lead it and I can't think of a better message for a movie uh, for any movie regardless of whether it's kink themed or not I can't think of a better message for young women out there than don't compromise yourself don't give up who you are stay kinky if that's who you are have a family if you want to it all you know it's all valid and you can do all of the things you know you don't have to compromise yourself in order to achieve you know a dream that you might have and this uh this movie shows that brilliantly um now I know that a lot of people talk about the the moral crusade and the morality of the movie and the polar polarity between you know the right wing moralists and the the underground BDSM scene but for me that was the most important message it was about her it was about her journey to fulfill what she wanted out of life without compromise and I, I can't recommend it enough, to be honest with you. I hope that everyone that listens to this, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it because it's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, that is 1997's Preaching to the Perverted. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll take a quick break to run some promos, and I'll be back with our Kink of the Week. This is not a test. This is the Psychosemantic Podcast. Announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. A few days ago, I called the news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. We have Ben Jacobs, that's the Guardian Report. Body slammed tonight by the Republican candidate Greg Gianforte. Living with a six-year-old. I want to dance. I'm not able to uh, be rushed this fast. It makes me nervous. Well, then you two learned a very important lesson today. Cops don't help. I have this one big pile of shit. It's a prey! Can you fly, Bobby? In the 20th century, the Senate voted on seven Supreme Court nominees during election years, and it approved all but one. So just to, just to put a button on this, are you ruling it out 100%? Yeah. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? Politics, movies, political movies. The Psychosemantic Podcast, better known as the Psychosemantic Cast. He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you. Yep. And covered. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and David. 
as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table, and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on iTunes, and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at vdclinicpod, or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail dot com. They're ready to cure what ails you, and still, they just might be contagious. Get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. If you need help, see a doctor. Welcome back. So, tonight's kink of the week. Let me tell you. I picked it because it was my very first kink. It was my very, very first one. When I was a kid, everyone had that little sort of awakening. And I'm going to talk about wax play. All right, the reason... I know a lot of people are drawn to wax play initially for the movie imagery. You know, the uh, the naked writhing bodies with the candle wax dripping slowly and seductively down it. Uh, I found that kink when I was a kid. I was 13 or 14 years old. I think I was 14 years old. I was masturbating, and I knocked a candle over onto my legs, and the wax just hit right above the knee and just poured down my thigh. And it wasn't like a low-heat waxing candle. It was just a regular candle. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And so I, that was the first sort of kinky thing I started to play with. Um, waxing can be done in so many different ways. Uh, like I mentioned before, they have a lot of low heat candles so that you can really pile on. I've seen photo shoots of women just, they look like sculptures, just covered in layers and layers and layers of different colors of wax. Um, and it looks stunning, and it feels amazing. Although, once you get that first layer of wax on, all the other layers is just kind of like a nice, like, soothing heat, almost like hot rocks, instead of the initial sting of it hitting your skin. Um, I prefer the sting of it hitting my skin the first time, but layering is visually stunning and fun. It's still nice to have uh, the amount of wax poured on you that that it takes to layer in that way. I mean, like I said, some of the photo shoots I've seen, is especially right, kicking around FetLife, you're just thinking, man, how many candles did you go through to get that shot? You know, it's like you burned 37 candles on this woman. <laughs> but it looks stunning and it feels good. And it's a nice sort of, like I mentioned before, it can be sensual. Uh, it's not like... Uh, some of the more harsher kinks where you you can't really pull back. You can pull back with wax quite easily and you can judge the reaction so you know really, really, really easily. You can judge the reaction of your sub to see sort of where they're at and if you need to pump up the intensity or pull back a bit. And uh, and any good dom will tell you that uh, that's kind of like an innate skill they have they can just tell 
Um, so yeah, for all your wax play needs, you can do low heat candles. They have pillar, they have small ones that are just for the little drippy drips. And uh, they have bigger ones. You can use regular candles. Regular candles, right. Now, before I say you can use regular candles, I say that because I've used regular candles a lot. I've never actually used the low heat candles. But you have to do... It's almost like dyeing your hair. You need to do a tester spot. Because some people have really harsh reactions to regular, normal candles. Um... And you don't want to cause any actual damage. Also, you need to... Well, I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. But it's a good idea to hold the candle up higher than you would a low-heat waxing candle. Just to give that wax a little bit of extra time to cool off a touch before it hits your sub. Because if it's too close, you can cause, you know, second-degree burns with this stuff. So, it just... Test it on yourself. Look at, look at the height difference. You know, hold the candle sort of right above your arm and then slowly back it off. And you'll see what I mean. It, it cools it off to make it less likely to burn the shit out of your sub. Which nobody wants. I mean, okay, some subs probably really do want that. But no, no, no. <laughs> We're not getting involved in any lawsuits today, my friends. So, um, so yeah, this week's Kink of the Week is Wax Play. And, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So pop on to uh, the Legion After Dark Facebook group. Tell me what you think about wax play. Tell me what you think about preaching to the perverted, if you would like. And next week, we're going to be talking about the story of O. Oh, yeah, you knew I would dig that classic up. <laughs> we're talking about, we'll be talking about the story of O, and I will be probably doing a sex toy review. I think I might talk about my flogger. I do have a deep love of my flogger, so I might uh, give you guys a bit of chit-chat about that. And, uh, yeah, so thank you for joining me for our very first episode. Uh, to end this episode, like I'll end every episode, I will give you a song to scene to. This week I wanted something kind of clubby that kind of goes with preaching to the perverted. So this week's song to sing to is Fetish by the illustrious Faith Michaels. Enjoy, and I'll see you next week. Definition of a fetish. <laughs> Noun. Object thought magical. Fetish. Object if irrational. Devotion. Fetish. Sounds like me with you. Do you have a fetish? Definition of a fetish.
that's my weak spot. Maybe we should. Spanking. I've been such a bad girl. In such a good way. And then... It looks like you're beginning to rain. fetishes that I have not mentioned, but out of all the fetishes in the world, do you know what my fetish is? You. 